Thank you for joining us for another strategic word. Network Edification is committed to the advancement of the kingdom in all spheres through the ministry of God's word, leadership development and church planting. Get ready to be enlightened. Father, this afternoon I pray that you would help us to, to drink of that realm again and again and again. Someone say amen. That realm of consistency, that realm of stability, that realm of progression, that realm of encounters. I pray that today your word will come alive in us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even, ha even as we have come alive in you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Somebody say amen. Are we here today? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to preach together. Amen. Okay, so um, we are on the... See, did you take my part away? Ah, don't take it away. I'm enjoying the flow. <laughs> yeah, okay. We are on the series surge. How many of us enjoyed the logic of Jesus last week? Did we, did we get something from that? And I hope that you practice that in your week and that you continue to practice that. I'm excited because, of course, once we start Engage in February, we'll be able to, you know, home in on the things that we've studied. So today, um, our focus as part of the Surge series, the Surge series for January is really about empowering you with the tools that you need to, um, to start in the right way. The year, okay. And how, you, how many of you know that how you start matters, right? Don't let anybody fool you. How you start matters. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we want you to start the year in the right, but not just the year, the prophetic season. And there are some things that we felt will be key to how you start, to key to the foundation of this prophetic season. And we've been looking at them in the search series. And so today, um, our focus um, today is on the Holy Spirit. Someone said the Holy Spirit. Now, we've thought on the Holy Spirit in, in different ways. And, um, you know, we've thought on who is the Holy Spirit, part of our discipleship um, course. We've thought on, um, at, even at a, at a leadership level, the seven spirits of God and seven mountains of influence. So we've taught different dimensions on, on the Holy Spirit. But today I felt led to talk about something I am so passionate this year about your practical experience with God. I want to talk about something um, titled the spirit of seeing and knowing. <laughs> Someone say the spirit of seeing and knowing. Yeah. Let's look at John chapter 16 from verses 12 to 15. I want us to stay alert, alive, awake in the house. How many of us enjoyed citizens yesterday? Did we enjoy it? Yeah, cool. Awesome. Awesome. We enjoyed everything, including the sandwich and the chicken. It was powerful. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Okay. We've got John. What did I say? John 16, right? Okay. John 16 from verses 12 to 15. The word says, I still have many things. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Here, Jesus has given them breaking news that he was going to leave them at some point so jesus is speaking to his disciples and right in the middle of this jesus says i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth comes 
He will guide you into all truth. Now, I want you to, to, to um, exegete this carefully. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of you. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. In other words, the spirit is a speaking spirit. <laughs> okay. Now he says, he says he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So the Holy Spirit speaks. Someone said the Holy Ghost speaks. Yeah. And then the second one is that Jesus says he will declare to you. Uh, the things that are to come. I like the way that um, um, it, is, it is rendered in some versions. It says he will show you things to come. So the Holy Ghost speaks. That's one. The Holy Ghost shows or the Holy Ghost reveals. Are we here? Okay, so the Holy Ghost, what was the first one I said? Okay, the second one is what? The Holy Ghost shows, the Holy Ghost reveals. So the word says now, it says that he will show you and declare to you things that are to come. What does the Holy Spirit reveal? The future. <laughs> it's a simple scripture, but it's so powerful. Right? But if you don't unlock the simplicity of it, you'll not unlock the power of it. So the Holy Ghost speaks, the Holy Ghost reveals, but the Holy Ghost reveals things to come. In other words, if the Holy Ghost reveals things to come, I can see the things to come. <laughs> All right. And then he says that he will declare to you things that are to come. He says he will glorify me for he, he, will, take, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. King James, I think, says he will take what is the Father's and make it known to you. So not only does the Holy Spirit um, not only, only does the Holy Spirit speak, not only does the Holy Spirit show us or reveal to us things, you know, to come, the Holy Spirit makes the secrets of God known to us. Now, this is very important. And then he says, all, Jesus says, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. This, this, this message this, this afternoon is, is loaded. It's, it's just loaded. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> it's loaded because when we walk in the power of this reality, there are some things that um, they become the they become the very things that, that show that God is at work in your life. They don't, you know, there are some things right now that you may be feeling and they feel like the things that show that God is not at work. You know what I'm talking about. That, like there's some areas you feel like, mm, like, is God really, really like working? It's almost like those are like areas of like minor, minor doubts. Not, you don't, it's not that you don't believe God though. I didn't say that. But you just have small, small, <laughs> like small, small doubt here and there. Those things, when you walk in this type of reality, when we walk in this type of reality, those things become the very things that actually give witness to the fact that God is at work in us. Okay, right. Okay, Johnson, you can take the part down now. Let me switch gears. <laughs> right. So, this is vital. Let's also look at Psalm 16 from verses 10 to 11. Psalm 16 from verses 10 to 11. 
you you'll bring it back when when we get towards the end basically right psalm 16 from verses 10 to 11 david in this psalm is talking and david says this he says for you will not abandon my soul to shell or let your holy one see corruption it says you make known to me the path of life in your presence some of you guys were brought up with this in your presence there is you should even look at the scripture for that one at your right hand there are you surround me with your favor oh lord the earth is full of your god added that part a song okay now we're talking about the the, the the holy spirit particularly on the spirit of of seeing and knowing one of the blessings of being charismatic by charismatic i mean um um having that core foundation of believing in the work of the holy spirit from pentecost is that you have um uh, foundationally you're introduced to an experience with god so i don't want to i don't want to overemphasize like church history and theology today that's not my direction but the simplicity of the matter is that for many of us at least maybe in the past 20 30s when we are like uh 30 years that doesn't concern me 20 30 years there are some things that in the restoration of god in the church they have almost become quite normal to us so one of those things for example is when you come into christ you guys have heard of something called holy ghost baptism you've heard of holy ghost you've heard of holy ghost baptism. put your hands up right being baptized in the holy spirit okay so you've heard of holy ghost baptism so at the, at the very core of your of your of your salvation you are introduced to some type or some concept of the spiritual or the supernatural and this is this this for for the most part for many of us that have been in church this has been like um the this has been the numb right this has been the numb um you you're brought up in an environment where people are speaking in tongues although they may not explain the doctrine of tongues to you but you just hear rebo bobo shkalaba idaraba koja. You're just, you're just. Um, oh, I don't know. I think it was my my one of my nephews one day. Um, I was I was praying in the spirit, and then he must have looked at me pacing up and down. It, it was just a parent, just parent, because <laughs> he thought, wow, okay, I, I'm going to say something, <laughs> you know. So what we're brought up in that in that very core, like experience. I need to be filled with spirit. You know about some of you, um, you dispute, is it salvation? Is it receiving the Holy Spirit evidence by tongues or not? <laughs> Does that, you, you have those kind of core things. But whatever it is, we live in a, in, a, in a generation that understands that basic level requirement that at the, at the beginning of your salvation, there must be a hint of at least a hint. I saw something called sprinkle of Jesus. I want, I want the whole thing. I don't want a sprinkle. <laughs> My life needs more than a sprinkle. Right? Okay. The <laughs> right? There must be at least a hint of, of the Holy Spirit for you to say that you were saved. But the problem for me is um, the, 
the charismatic Pentecostal movement, when I, you, you understand what I meant by charismatic Pentecostal movement, we like to use the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? We like to use the Holy Spirit for, for results. We like to use the Holy Spirit for, um, for breakthrough. We like to use the Holy Spirit for miracles. We like to use the Holy Spirit for finance. We like to use the Holy Spirit for healing. And whilst all of those things I mentioned are things that God does provide. There is more to the Holy Spirit than those things. In the book of, in the book of 2 Corinthians, this is what Paul prays. Are we here? Okay, don't worry, you, 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 you'll get this. It's just, I, I just want to make sure that I've given you the, the correct foundation on this. In the book of 2 Corinthians, my, my, my notes are frozen. In the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul prays this. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's see if it's going to, if it's fine now. Okay, here we go. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. King James says the communion of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is a communion with the Spirit. There is a fellowship with the Spirit. There is the operation of the Spirit. Right? The operation of the Spirit right now could be... Um, I could call you out and then, uh, well, calling people out in this generation means different. You know what I mean? I could ask you to come, okay? Let <laughs> say, say call someone out. I'm not going to call you out. You get what I'm saying? Like, come outside. Right? <laughs> okay. But I could beckon to you to come. That sounds like King James language. Beckon. Someone say beckon. beckon, beckon. I didn't say beckon. 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 Okay. Right. So, I could beckon to you to come and I could begin to give you words of prophecy. Right? That is, that is the manifestation of the Spirit. That is the operation of the Spirit. There is a manifestation of the Spirit, but then there is the communion, there is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Right? And what I've taught you guys is this, is that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, they really don't have to do sometimes with the level of your relationship with God. Right? It's the, the, way, the way I can explain it to you is that, okay, um, if you, let's say you work for the government, right? You work for the government. Let's say you work in one of these offices that has to do with, I don't know, maybe allocating funds and resources to people. Then someone comes in and there's a particular fund that the government or the council has made available that as long as this particular set of people have these issues, right, and they come to access these funds and they meet this criteria, um, you give it to them. You are just an officer for that purpose. So now somebody who fits that criteria has come. They're kind of, it doesn't matter where they've come. Maybe they're like a bad seed. They might be a good, but the fact is they meet the criteria. Now, so they've come to you now. You're the, you're the, one, you're the one on duty on the day. Now, all you have to do 
is to check if they meet the criteria and then maybe you take them through the process and you allocate the resources. That has nothing to do with whether you woke up feeling good that day or not. <laughs> right? The fact of the matter is that the system has designed something that if somebody needs something and they meet the criteria, that as long as they come in the proper way and follow the process, they're able to access what they need. There is such an economy in God. <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit are so designed... <laughs> That if people need something and they meet the criteria for it, basically, if you are the one that has been allocated that duty and that resource, it doesn't really, I'm not saying righteousness doesn't matter if you, you miss this. It can, your unrighteousness can implicate how you administer the gift. I want you to understand that. But the, what I'm trying to say is that the, uh, the, your ability to successfully allocate the resources has nothing really to do with you as opposed to the sovereignty of the government that has said you should allocate the resources. That's how, for example, the operations can work. Is this making sense? So the, the person who works for the government, now who is like, uh, I don't know, should we call them officer? Is that, is, okay, let's, let's just use officer. <laughs> right. So the officer will woke up that morning. Let's say the officer even decided not to brush your teeth. Well, well, okay. Or they decided, maybe they woke up on the wrong side of the bed, they were angry, right? Or maybe the officer even, like, I don't know, maybe they even, they even like, I don't know, I don't know, were rude to their family or they, they, they abused their wife or something like that. Now, when you, when, when, when you come as someone who needs something from them, all of those things are not known. And really and truly, because there is a system within which they function. It's more about the system than the person. But it's just that the person who operates is just privileged at that point to be at the place where they can administer the system. So this is why, <laughs> this is why truly people's fellowship with God can be broken. But the system that they operate, God honors the system over them. Do you understand what I'm saying? God honors the system. For a while, I, I want to say this because whenever you teach on the Holy Spirit, people start sometimes start getting scared. Like, ah, have, I, have I committed the unpardonable sin? Relax. If you, if you have, you won't be here. Now, but what, what I'm trying to say to you is that the system of the kingdom allows for things to happen that are not necessarily there as a result of the... So, there, so there, is that, there is that operation of the Spirit. There's that manifestation of the Spirit that whenever you come in contact with people that need what God has called you to do, they will pull it out of you. But then that is not always the measure of your relationship with God. So Paul prays, are we, are we, are we together, right? I want to make sure, okay. Right, so Paul prays now, he prays the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship, the communion of the Holy Spirit continue with you now and forevermore. There is a communion. There is a fellowship with the Spirit. So I said, in, 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 in the church today, we like to use the Holy Spirit for those moments of operation. But then we are sometimes guilty of forgetting or not being cognizant of the presence of God beyond the moments where I need to function. <laughs> right. So this is what I'm talking about. So even when we now begin... So anyway, put it this way. <laughs> so as a result of that... A lot of things that we've come to know about the Holy Spirit, we have come to know more from the, from the outward manifestation element. 
as opposed to the secret of knowing him internally. I'll give an example. If, for example, we're here and God does something that my faith did not budget for, right? I'm excited, I'm happy, but I have reservations. Not about God doing something, but it is that I would love that thing to come out of understanding the next time. So let's say, for example, let's say I'm talking now, God is moving, um, then let's say there was a crippled person and the person stood up. I expect miracles to happen, but I would, I would want to go into the logic <laughs> of the working, right? Was there a particular release of the word that triggered that move of the spirit, that atmosphere of faith in that moment? Was there a particular word that broke through the person's situation? Does that make sense? Now, to some people, that may, that may not matter. But I want to go from the power to the wisdom because the wisdom allows me to reproduce the results again. <laughs> right. Now, what I'm trying to say to you is that the church has, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the church has stayed on the surface level of occasional manifestations and called the relationship. And you will know, you and I will know when it's occasional manifestations because it feels as though the times we can say the Holy Spirit definitely worked with us, the, the gaps are so much. The gaps are so much. And if the gaps are so much, what's missing is the communion, it's the fellowship, it's the habitual fellowship. The Bible says, and Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God, and he was no more, and God took him. There's a thing called habitual fellowship. So Jesus now in John 16, he's teaching about the Holy Spirit. And in John 16, Jesus is teaching something so powerful. When we talk about the presence of God today, I'm going to come to John 16. When we talk about the presence of God today in the church, what do we talk about? Goosebumps. <laughs> okay? We, we, well, I, I just, then, then we come and we, we start saying, oh, look at, the, look at the gold dust on my hand. And look at the oil. I was in the presence of God. You see, those things are wonderful. They, they, there's nothing wrong with them. That can happen. Right? But when David, in the old covenant... When he started to unlock mysteries, this is what David said concerning the presence of God. He says, you've delivered my soul from hell. You will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. This is beautiful. This guy is in the old covenant. This guy is saying that he's not going to end up in hell from the old covenant. He says, you have delivered my soul from hell. You will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. <laughs> or it's a twofold expression because in one sense he's talking about himself, but he's talking about Christ as well. Right, because that, that's a messianic um, type prophecy. So now, here is, here is David. David is like, he's saying that, but the next thing he says in Psalm 16, he says, you will show me the path of life in your presence. So David discovers something about the presence. That the pres in the presence of God, you can make discoveries about life. It's like, uh, it's a pathfinder. Does that make sense? That's why it doesn't make sense for us to actively be in the presence and be confused about life. It doesn't make sense. Because the presence, what the presence does is that the real presence, the genuine presence of God, not outer court where you hear the rumors of God. 
Even though we understand that the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus dying um, and, and the temple, uh, temple curtain being turned thus signifies that the way to the most holy has been made known. So in God, there is no outer court, there is no inner court. But I told you that in our minds, we can recreate them. Right? When you come into the genuine presence of God, right? There is such a knowing that comes about life. David said that this was the same guy that stood up one day. He says, I have more, more, he said, I have more insight than my teachers. Whew. I have more insight than my teachers because your words are my meditation. Right? So he says now, the, this same guy says, David, he says, that will show me the path of life in your presence. There's fullness of joy, especially because we, you know, we're brought up around a lot of expression. So we like that in your presence, there's fullness of joy. There is no fullness of joy if it doesn't show you the path of life. <laughs> right? That will show me the path of life. Will make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The reason why in your presence, there's fullness of joy and all of that stuff. Yes, there is in his presence. But the joy is not experienced until I begin to understand the way that God wants me to go. Do we get it? Until we begin to understand the way that... So one of the things that comes in from the presence of God, really, there is an education in God's presence. This morning, I was, I was going through my, my... Before I preach messages, I look at what God has said to me about it before. That's one of the first things I do. So I never, I hardly ever preach a message without, without seeing what God has said before about it. So I was going through my message and I remember, I saw in one of my notes that I recorded a dream. I think I went to preach somewhere before this happened, but I recorded a dream. In this dream, from what I read, it's good to write your dreams because that's a dream I completely forgot, <laughs> right? In the, and I recorded that in this dream, what I saw was I went to a church to preach and this church, they were all over the place, supposedly under the power of God. I mean, people falling everywhere, people scattered everywhere, but then they were so in the flesh. And in the, in the, in the dream, um, the Lord gave me a, a, a word, and I said to them, I said, stand up on your feet. You know, in one place, um, when, when Ezekiel saw the glory of God, the Bible says, he says that the glory of God stood me up on my feet. It was that dimension. And I was saying to them, it's, it was more that scripture of having done all to stand. That the glory of God doesn't just cause you to fall like you're scattered everywhere. The glory of God actually organizes your... Does that mean, because as I said to you yesterday, if you want the glory, there's a honor you've got to place on it. Right? So because you want the glory, because your appetite is for the glory of God, your appetite is for the manifestation of God, there's a particular order that it brings you into. So I remember that I, I was saying to them that, stand up. Like, stand up. Because you guys are, you're, you're claiming that you're in the spirit, but you're not really in the spirit because you think you're in the spirit because you fall over all over the place. No, you're in the spirit because there is something called walking in the spirit. And walking in the spirit, but it's not walking in the air. <laughs> right? It is living a life that is full of, controlled, and directed by the spirit. Right? So, for the most part, what we understand in the church is occasional manifestations of God. Occasional. So I say occasional. And we call these occasional manifestations of God like walking with the Holy Spirit. Right. So, in your presence, 
The path of life is made known. So Jesus now is speaking about the Holy Spirit in John, in John 16. Why the Holy Spirit? Because really, today, we don't really pray like they prayed in the Old Testament. Lord, send your presence. And there's a reason for that. It is because by virtue of the Holy Spirit living in us, the presence of God lives in us. Now, we can pray for the manifestation of his presence. That's different. But how can a person abide in you and his presence not abide in you? It's like saying that I'm here in person, but I'm not really here. Does that make sense? I'm here in person, so because I'm here, my presence is here with me. Right? So, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, there is already the presence of God. That's, that's doctrine that has to be corrected on, the, on its own. Because sometimes we're like, Lord send. Now, we, sometimes the, whole, the Lord knows what we're praying when we pray that. When we're like, send, you know, let the glory of the Lord come down. Okay, that's fine. We, God gets it. But really, the glory is on the inside. Because the Holy Spirit is on the inside. Right? But Jesus is teaching now about the Holy Spirit. And this is the context in which he speaks to the disciples about the Holy Spirit. He speaks to the disciples in the context of this thing of the Holy Spirit substituting the, him in the very work he had been doing with the disciples. And a lot of that work was Jesus being with them, showing them what the Father meant when the father said something giving expression to the father giving clarity to the voice of god bringing divine experiences to attest to what god really said so for example in some places jesus would say you have heard that it was said but this is what it means does that make sense whatever was lost in translation interpretation through the years jesus brought accurate definition but not only did he bring the definition he brought the experience with the definition jesus hardly ever taught something that people never experienced i refuse to be a preacher who preaches stuff that people cannot experience right and today, experience with God is missing. And I'll tell you why it's missing. So Jesus now is talk, talking to them about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying to them that when I am gone, you can't, you can't understand the tension of this thing until you, I've taught on this, I want to just refresh your mind, until you really understand what these guys had laid down to follow Jesus. Jesus starts this message on the Holy Spirit in John 16. Not, not in the nicest way. He started by saying, by the way, I'm leaving you. <laughs> right? And in saying that, what happened with the, with the disciples was this. Was that their hearts were broken. Because they had built their entire life around Jesus. Now, to you it's simple. Because obviously, you never walk with Jesus in, in physically. But for them, think of how much they they um how much they had to go through not not and, and don't forget it's now when when god says certain things to you you have the it's almost like you have the foresight or the understanding so if god says to you that i will do it you're you're still you're still impatient we're still impatient amen god help us 
All right. But at least you can say, mm, he did it with Abraham. He did it with, you know, he did it with Moses. He did it with... This. So it sounds like you have a compendium of scriptures to refer to. You have the understanding of the Holy Spirit who lives in you too. For them, they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. So there were some things that they did not have the capacity to, to take. Jesus says, I will say many things to you, but you cannot bear them now. So when Jesus says this to them, they are immersed in proper sorrow. Jesus says to them, I will leave you. But then Jesus said to them, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. <laughs> right? When the Holy Ghost is not in someone's life, they are orphaned. That's what it is. The Bible says, this is what the word says. It says that God then has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Whereby, with which we cry, Abba. Whereby we, whereby we cry, Father. The vacuum of the spirit implies an illegitimacy on the earth. So, I want you to understand what the disciples experienced prior to Jesus and what they feared they will experience if Jesus left them. But Jesus says, he says, I will send you the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus begins to tell us, I'm talking about the spirit of sin and knowing, but you, you will get this. Jesus now begins to tell us, just tells us what the Holy Spirit will do. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Ghost will speak. The Holy Ghost will show us things to come and then he says the holy spirit will take of what belongs to the father and it will make it known to us this reveals to us that in the way that we are wired we have a longing to hear god the holy ghost will speak <laughs> right we have a longing and a desire to know the future and we have a longing and desire to know what's on god's mind these are three core desires that everybody has. And if these desires are not satisfied, you are left confused in life. So when somebody comes to you and says, God doesn't speak today. The first thing to me is that my God is not an idol. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right? The word says that he will speak. The word says that he will show you things to come. He will not speak of his own accord. He's a speaking spirit. Someone say the Holy Spirit is a speaking spirit. Yeah, he's a speaking spirit. There's something about hearing God in the now. Something about it keeps you fresh. Does that make sense? Something about hearing God in the now keeps you fresh. Something about that keeps you fresh. But then the Holy Spirit is a revealing spirit. And the Holy Spirit reveals both the future and the Holy Spirit reveals what's on God's mind. And I want to I want to link that back to that thing that David said in your presence. David understood this even in the old covenant. Cast me not away from your presence. You see that? Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because David understood that life was invested in this. <laughs> He understood that life was invested in this. So, this, this part, I want to touch on this part. Not, not, not just of the Holy Ghost speaking, but this, 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 this part of the Holy Spirit showing us things. It's what I call the spirit of seeing and knowing. 
bring this up. The spirit of seeing and knowing. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. Paul is praying this strategic prayer that we talk about a lot. He says that God will grant to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in his knowledge that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so we can know the hope that God has called us to. Paul says, I do not cease. If you ask Paul what he prayed the most for the believers, this was one of his most, most prayed prayers, for lack of a better expression. Right? Now, if Paul is praying this the most for the church, it shows us that this is a priority for us. What is Paul praying for the church? Paul is praying. When he says the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it's like saying he's praying for the spirit of seeing and knowing. Right? It's the spirit of, of seeing and knowing. What do I mean by seeing? Well, we can talk about it in different ways. But we can say seeing in terms of perceiving. So we can look at it in this way. In terms of insight and then foresight. Right? Seeing meaning the grace for insight and the grace for foresight. When you are a baby in the things of the spirit. You would think that the highest manifestation of the Holy Spirit is when people fall under the anointing. That's when you're a baby. When you're mature, you will understand that the highest manifestation of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit begins to share secrets with you. He begins to show you secrets in the word, of course. Truth in the word, of course. He's the spirit of truth. He will guide us into all truth. But when he begins to show you things to come right things that will happen in your life like these things are not we were not designed to have experience and experiences and we never saw them coming that's do you understand what i'm saying that like that that makes you feel disconnected from god right you were not called to to live this life where you're not clear about the future right is that spirit of seeing and knowing. But what is more important about the spirit of seeing and knowing is it's not just seeing the future. I was explaining, um, I was explaining to, to, to Demi this week about the prophetic. Okay. Now, this is, this is now we're going we're gonna, to like, take this up a notch. Okay. Are we here? Okay. Now, in the prophetic, seeing is one thing. Prophesying is another thing. Seeing is one thing, prophesying is another thing. And come, let me, let me use it as my example. Come, come, Durak Pastor. Come. <laughs> he nicknamed himself. Okay, that's okay. So now, come, come this way. So, okay. So in my, now, this is what it is. So, in the prophetic, I may see that, what do you want me to do? Face him. Come, come in, come in. Yeah, okay, all right. So I may see now, maybe I'm praying, and then I see a white durak. 
of course he's wearing one, <laughs> on Enoch's head. Basically, I've seen it. It's pointless me saying, as I was praying for you, maybe I'm on phone to Enoch, I saw a white Durak. What's that? I did see it. Now, at the same time, I may see a white Durak, but demonic spirits in the realm of the spirit can also see a white Durak. That's information that's common to them. Right? I'm talking to you about seeing, but also knowing what you see. Right? So in the prophetic, I may see that, but that means nothing until I know the mind of God for showing me the direct. There is no prophecy without knowing the mind. But the seeing, the seeing is, that's where a lot of people get it wrong. So some of you, you've actually seen correctly. You actually saw something. You actually saw images. You were not, you're, you were not, uh, what's the word now? There's a word. You were not hallucinating or whatever you guys call it. You actually saw things. People that, you know, you know, it's not every time that people prophesy and get it wrong that they're false prophets. There are false prophets, so don't get me wrong. But anyway, that's different. Right. But it's not every time. Sometimes it is the, it is the lack of maturity that causes, so for example, someone can see a white Durak and say, Enoch, white Durak, don't be a bad boy. You see, that's a message. But a message could also be white Durak. The Lord is clothing you with purity. The Lord is covering you with purity. Right? Or purity is essential because your head is symbolic of the top. So purity has to be your priority. Can you see messages there? But the seeing is not necessarily the knowing. Do we understand this? Okay. So, in the prophetic, there is that realm you see, but then interpretation is a different subject altogether. And interpretation grows because you know what God is likely to say and what God is not likely to say. So, what I wanted to say from my mouth there wouldn't have been good, but some silly people wouldn't understand. I edited that. No, no, I'm not swearing. I don't do that. I just wanted to, you guys know I don't do that. I just wanted to use a more weighty word that would have needed me to explain why I said that. But, but some silly people wouldn't understand and take time to understand the mind of God have left people confused with things that they have seen but they never waited to understand. Right, so I'll give an example. I, I may truly dream that somebody died. But I will never prophesy that to them. Prophecy is I saw something, but then prophecy means I declare the intention of God over that thing. So there was a time I truly had a dream that somebody passed away. So all I said to them was I want you to fast for three days, basically. And then in those three days, I blessed them and blessed them. I didn't even necessarily say, I rebuke the, 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 um, the, the spirit of death. Uh, 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 no, no, that would even put them in fear. That would even kill them quicker. Right? I didn't need to say that. All I needed to say to the person was, was what Jesus had done for them. Right? All I needed to enforce. Prophecy is, I've seen what I've seen, but now I am bringing into play, the, I'm superimposing the intention of God for that person. Now, if I don't understand what Jesus has done, I will not know what to superimpose. So, the prophetic can work like this. It can work like, um, like, a, 
like a software editor, for, for like a video editor, right? It's not everything that you capture that you render. <laughs> if you understood that from, uh, for, does that make sense? You get it. It's not everything that is captured that's rendered. There are some things you can edit. So a lot of the videos that we produce and all of that stuff, if you produce some of the things that you see, it won't be a production. Does that make sense? The prophetic is like that. You can capture things in the spirit, but by the technology of the prophetic, by the move of the spirit, you can cut out, you can trim out some things through the spirit of God, edit it and present in the earth realm <laughs> what God originally designed. You can see Enoch. <laughs> Enoch is just like, I'm not going to say Right? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Right? So it's not everything that is seen. I, I, you know, sometimes I've had all these strange prophecies, you know, and then people, I'm, I'm like, mate, you're worrying about what Jesus has already done. Right? But this, this spirit of seeing and knowing, this spirit of being able to see, this, able, this, this ability to whether see the future or see the plans of God, right? What matures you in it is your fellowship with God. At different levels, when we talk about sin, we can talk about sin in the realm of perception or discernment. That is a level of sin. Right? Discernment. Some of you already see because you are discerning. But then your discernment can increase if your fellowship increases. Right? It's not... It's not every dimension of sin that has to do with your eyes popping open and then you're like, hey, I see angels. No, 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 no. No, no, no. A level of sin can deal with perception. Someone say perception. Someone say discernment. The Holy Ghost brings this into your life. Notice I'm not, you know, I could really come here and repeat what I said to you before, you know, okay, um, seven spirits of God. No, 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 no. We want to move in what the fellowship is like. Does that make sense? You want, we want to move in. in, in. Some, some people are still trained the Holy Spirit as if they're in courtship. You know, when, when you're in courtship, you're excited about the person visiting, you catching up with them, you guys going on dates, and all of that stuff. You know, but, you, but you're not, like, you, that's, that's exciting for a season, <laughs> right? You're excited about that, the occasional, the moments. That's how some believers are treating God, like they're still in courtship. But now, when you're married, it's not, it's not about the, ah, Let's go to Chicanos. Chicanos night. Okay. Let's go to. Does that make sense? It's not about that. It's now in the everyday. This is, I'm going to coin a phrase here. It's in the everydayness. <laughs> right? With the person. Right? It's in the experience with the person. And it is in that, that closeness, that, that intimacy, that fellowship. That is where you now come to a place where you know what your spouse is likely to say and not say. Right. So if they come to you and said, your spouse said this, your, the first thing is I like, never. Why? Because through intimacy, through fellowship, there's an understanding that has been formed that allows you to vet and to verify what your spouse would have said or not. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. I know because at times in my life, when I say at times, you know, Sometimes more than the others. I'm quicker to, to, like, if you told me I had this dream, I'm like, no, this is what it means. I, I can tell you, like, when the fellowship is high, 
the decisions are quicker. Right? When your fellowship with God is high, you make decisions quicker. If you, if you don't cultivate fellowship with God, you will, take, you, you will hear God and still be doubting. And it is not that you didn't hear God. It's just that you're, although you heard God, but your trust level cannot sustain what you heard. So, if I call, let me give an example now. Let's say some of you guys have known me for a while. So, if I come to you now and say, hey, tomorrow morning, I'm sending you a Bible. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, Apostle, I'm looking forward to that. But then I say, ah, tomorrow morning, get ready. The jet, private jet will be in front of your house. There's trust and there's trust up. <laughs> yeah, there's trust and there's trust. I, I, I went to Tolan Lade, we're talking, and I, I give them a future word. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that the word is bad, but... <laughs> and they laughed. I was like, get your house in order, you know, children, da-da-da. Twins, was it twins, I said. And they laughed and laughed. They laughed and it's not. But when I went on for about 10 minutes, they were like, hmm. <laughs> right? But there's trust and there's trust. So if I say to you, I'm getting your Bible, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not apostle. apostle. But if I say private, you're like, hmm. Does that make sense? Now, hearing God is one thing, but sustaining faith is part by sustaining fellowship, um, 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 consistent communion. Or sustained faith, sorry, that's the word. Sustained faith is part by sustained communion. Right? So, there are some things, there's almost got no point telling you. Because you haven't developed the consistency of communion to be able to leave out that thing. There's no point in him telling you. I want you to observe the men of faith in scriptures, the women of faith. They were not men of faith based on situations. But they actually had a life of communion with God. So the faith that they had in God was proximate. In fact, when you really understand Hebrews, Hebrews 11 verses, when it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. When you really understand that kind of faith, it's, it's, it's faith that can only be produced by relationship. So, the spirit of sin, and I think, is this the last, this, there's one more Sunday in the month, right? There's one more Sunday this month. Okay, so, maybe I'll, I'll continue this next week. Okay. The spirit of seeing and knowing. So, there is one level of, of, of seeing, and then that's like, there is, there is discernment. Okay, and at that level, your, your discernment, what powers that level of sin? In fact, at the level of discernment is the purity of heart. <laughs> right? You can't want to see in the spirit and not have a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's the purity of heart. If you don't have good motives towards people, you can't trust your discernment. If you don't have good motives towards people, you can't trust your judgment. You know, there are some people, they are so suspicious that they now mix their suspicion with the voice of God. And just say, I, I perceive, no, I'm like, no, you don't perceive. 
you definitely you're 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 deceived. <laughs> right? So if you want your perception to grow, yes, fellowship with God, but also purity of heart. Purity of heart. When you go before God in prayer, you want to go with a light heart. <laughs> right? With a clear heart. There's a, there's a point in your life, maybe, I don't know, let's say, for example, you have an issue with someone, that, 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 there's a point of prayer you hit that you know that it, for me to go further, <laughs> I, need to, I need to let go of this thing. For me to press in. So the word says the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. But then there is also that, that, that dimension. So there is that, that discernment, there is that knowing, and that discernment, that knowing, it's not necessarily like dreams or visions. But then there is that element of the Holy Spirit showing us things to come, right? Through dreams, through visions. Satan really, really doesn't want this for the church. He really doesn't. He has attacked this even through theology, <laughs> right? He's attacked this through theology, it's almost as though believers don't believe that God speaks through dreams anymore. God speaks through visions anymore. But I want you to look at the apostolic heritage of the faith. People like Peter, right? These men like Paul. Look how much, look how many visions. How can you tell me that we are in the era of the Holy Ghost and visions don't increase? What does the word say? The word says that your young men shall see visions. He says, your old man shall dream dreams. He says, your daughter shall prophesy. Someone will come and say, not literally, but what did Peter have? It's a literally situation. <laughs> right? And then people will think, oh, it's because God doesn't want me to see visions anymore. He does. But the heart, the human heart is too clogged. Too clogged, too, too disconnected. That even when God wants to visit, I was saying at the house this week, I was saying to them that I felt that the Lord visited. I felt it because I had, you know, I had a revelation and then bitches had a revelation, basically. And, I, and I, the way I felt about it was as though it wasn't just a case of one of us had a dream. No, I felt that the Lord, the Lord somehow visited the house. And when he visited, then if it's in the environment, if it's the atmosphere, then, you know, everybody catches up to it. Right? So the Lord wants to show you in, in dreams, in visions. Don't let Satan take that away from you. Right? That spirit of, of seeing. Because Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. It's great. It's great if, like, we're trying to make a decision and we can just see what's to come. I don't know if, I don't know if you want that kind of life. But I definitely do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Where you're trying to make, not that you go somewhere, turn around, you're like, oh, this is not it. Oh, okay. You go, no, 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 no. The Holy Ghost leading us into precision, into exactness. Right? Into exactness. Look at, look at these guys. Look at Peter. Look at Paul. Like, when you, when you, you got to read, you got to read, I tell people every time. Read the entire Bible, but you've got to focus on the New Covenant, on the New Testament. Look at, look at their experiences. Look at the experience they had with God. Peter is, Peter is, Peter is somewhere, and, and, and he's, he's been fasting, and he's been praying. And these guys will regularly say, right, will regularly say, 
that I was caught up or something. Look at what Peter says in, in, in concerning Cornelius. He says he was, he, was, he was fasting, he was praying, and then he had a vision of all kinds of what would have been called unclean animals. And then he said, a voice said to him, kill and eat, rice kill and eat. And he was like, no, I can't eat, this is unclean. And God said, don't call what I've called um, clean, unclean. He got that by revelation. He got that by visions. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Right? I love, I love what I'm seeing in, in our generation. I love that more and more people are getting into doctrine, apologetics, all of this. Thing. But let's not forget the spirit. <laughs> so, someone say, don't forget the spirit. Man, let's not forget the Holy Ghost. Let's not forget the spirit. Right? Literally, one revelation from the Holy Ghost can save you years of roundabouts. <laughs> One revelation of the Holy Spirit. But you got to be open to realities like this. What is the point I'm driving at? When you find men like David saying, you will show me the path of life in your presence. The guy was saying. David saw, oh my God. David so saw visions. <laughs> he saw, no, 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 no. I can't say. David so saw visions. I told you the other time. This guy, when I mean he so saw the future, I mean, some of these teachings in the New Testament were taken from the prophecies of David. Some of the teachings in the New Testament. The guy so saw, he so saw beyond his day, he so saw beyond his time. He so saw what was on God's mind. It, like, because when people, people are like, oh, David was a man after God's heart. What was the life of the man like? What was the life of the, of the man like? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Mm. I'm blessed. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What, what was the life of the man like? This guy so sore. Right? In a limited dispensation, he so cultivated a relationship with God that helped him. So, like, when we talk about the Holy Spirit in this house, I just don't want you. I just don't want you saying that you walk with the Holy Ghost because you say like yes, the Bible says he that speaks in unknown tongues edifies himself. But what about the revelatory part of tongues? Right? What about the revelatory? Have we have we prayed now in tongues to the point of interpretation? What about that dimension? See, that's why I told you, thank God for the Pentecostal experience. He brought, us to a, he brought us to a consciousness, but did not teach us continuity. The consciousness, you need to pray in the spirit. Why? <laughs> Does that make sense? Why? So, it's good you're praying in the spirit now, but are you praying into insight? Are you praying into revelation? Are you praying and you are gaining clarity in your prayer? You're, imagine praying in tongues, but at the same time, your mind doesn't come to rest. Imagine praying. Now, people pray in tongues, but they're still distracted. So that lets you know that there is no depth. There is no depth. But Jesus says, when we walk with the Holy Ghost, he says, not only does he guide us into all truth, right? He shows us things to come. I could never be doing some of the things I'm doing now without that operation of the Holy Ghost. 
Does that make sense? So if you're filling a void in direction in your life, what's your solution? Increase your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And you cannot increase fellowship with someone you don't know. You have to know the person first to increase the fellowship. Right? You have to know the person to increase the fellowship. So if you're feeling a, a lack of direction, a lack of clarity, a lack of, um, what's the word now? A, a, a lack of judgment, all of these things, they just signify one thing, that someone does not know the Holy Spirit in the way they need to, because these are the things the Holy Ghost is sent to make sure that they don't happen. Does that make sense? So this is how our lives can be as believers. There's, there's water in this place, there's a dispenser, and then we go, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. Then we ignore the water dispenser and we go out and we start looking for water. Jesus says that anyone who believes in me will not thirst again. I've warned you about this, all of this thirsting, thirsting songs. <laughs> right? I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. Sometimes God, God can really feel insulted by our lack of, lack of just understanding how can it's it's like i you know people okay the bible says blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness why are they why are they blessed why are they blessed because, because they'll be filled <laughs> they're blessed because yes the hunger is important the thirst is important but what is more important is that there is a provision for them jesus says Anyone who drinks of this water that I give shall not thirst again. Sometimes when we go to God with all of this, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. It's like saying, God, you're starving me, you're starving me. <laughs> right? It's like saying, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not completely against it. Maybe there are moments for that. But that as a lifestyle, that as a lifestyle, that even in the old covenant, when they were when they were when they were core sinners, like the manna was more than the hunger. <laughs> Is our problem thirst or ignorance of the provision? Right? Is our problem thirst or ignorance of the provision? Jesus says, He says, anyone that drinks of this water, he says, um, um, if anyone thirsts, John 7. This is about the Holy Spirit. He says, if anyone thirsts, he says, let him come to me. And he that drinks of the water that I, that I give, out of his belly. Look at that. You come thirsty, but you become a resource. Right? He says, out of his belly shall flow rivers. You come thirsty, but you drink of him, and then you don't thirst like that. You now become a resource. A well springing up out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters springing up to everlasting life. If God helps us on this, we'll continue next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that next week. But I, I want you, I hope, I hope we understood the message today, the flow today. Do we get it? Okay, so we're going to deal with that as we go on this spirit of seeing and knowing. If you take your communion with the Holy Spirit, three things I, I think I taught on this already here, but I'll maybe do this next week. When Paul says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, there are three things for that word. 
communion. One is um, one is fellowship. Sorry, one is yeah. One is fellowship. One is partnership, and then the other is distribution. Those are the three words for that word communion: fellowship, partnership, and distribution. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that the word will bear maximum fruit in your life. Let us know how this message has impacted you. For more information about our ministry and events, visit our social media handles at Network Edification or send us an email on admin at networkedification.org. Network Edification, advancing the kingdom in all sphere of influence.